Okay, moving into our next guest with some per- perspective on outbound sales, no fluff, specifically on chapter three. Um, really excited to introduce uh, Jeff Wartman. Jeff, you want to yeah, tell you. tell folks a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I um, I've been in uh, sales dev management for almost four years or so, um, which I guess makes me a dinosaur um, in the industry just because uh, similar to an SDR role, a lot of people tend to use uh, this role as a jumping off point to other things too. And I really uh, love to, um, uh, you know, coach new reps and things like that. And so I've stayed in it um, for, for, for longer, but um, yeah, I've been about four years, um, came up through the ranks um, in various technology companies, just selling um, for about 12 years before that. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, just worked at very transactional companies, places like cars.com selling their online um, uh, lead services and things like that. Um, eventually got a little bit more uh, creative in what we sold, uh, worked my way up, eventually got to Salesforce, um, worked my way up through there, started as a small business rep, ended as an enterprise rep. Um, and it was as an enterprise rep uh, that I transitioned into BDR management. And that was because uh, when I was a rep, I had a really strong alignment with my BDR. And so um, he is actually still at Salesforce. He's a, he's a, an AE there now. Um, but uh, he was somebody who uh, really took to coaching, uh, really was, uh, wanted to know, you know, what went on in the sales cycle past just the initial meeting. And so, um, you know, I brought him along and let him be a fly on the wall to a lot of calls and that led to a lot of development for him. Uh, and I continuously coached him, would sit in the room after calls and kind of go through why I said the things I said, he would give me feedback even, um, things like that. And so, uh, yeah, then when his boss got promoted, it was just kind of a natural fit, right. Where he kind of said, man, you should be a BDR manager. Um, you're really good at this. And so uh, I called it monetizing a hobby, right. Where I really just <laughs> loved, uh, mentoring BDRs. And so just did it as, as a job. And so, um, yeah, uh, was a BDR manager at Salesforce, um, worked my way over to intercom where I kind of, um, helped build the outbound sales process there. Um, and now I am at, um, a company called pure storage here in Chicago, where we sell, um, uh, storage recovery, um, uh, service, uh, platform as a service, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, um, you know, have, uh, used your book in, in, in a few ways, um, uh, dating back to intercom. And so, um, I would say this was kind of an early, uh, uh, this book was an early epiphany for me kind of building process. Yeah. And so your perspective is, is incredible because most folks that are reading this book, this is their first time in sales, uh, you know, the, but whether it's sales development or inside sales there, because there are even, you know, first time full cycle reps that, that take advantage of this, uh, this book, but everyone's looking for that path and you've kind of, you've kind of run the whole path. And, uh, and so, uh, it's really exciting to hear, you know, why outbound sales, no fluff, uh, spoke to you, I guess. And, and ultimately, um, you know, just, just this particular chapter, you know, if someone's new to this, what could you take away to put into practice, you know, tomorrow to start to really continue to get that edge as they're, as they're getting started. Uh, but, uh, you know, curious, how, how did you find, you know, I know it's at intercom, but how'd you find outbound sales, no fluff in the first place? 
Yeah, so I think it was um, it was maybe one of the specials you guys ran or something. There was like a weekend where it was free on Kindle um, or something like that. Maybe it was like 99 cents. And I was browsing. I was at O'Hare Airport uh, flying to San Francisco. Uh, so when I was at Intercom uh, uh, in the beginning, I was building the sales team in Chicago. And so we didn't have any reps there. And so all my reps were in SF. And so I spent a lot of time on Southwest planes uh, flying into Oakland. Uh, to get to SF. And so, um, uh, you know, I'm just at Midway Airport flipping through the sales books on Amazon, seeing if there's anything interesting. And it was either really, really cheap or free. And so I saw it and I thought it looked interesting, outbound sales, no fluff. And I'm here to build this outbound sales process and it looked cheap. And so I just bought it just totally randomly, right? So I'm like, okay, downloaded it to my Kindle, got on the plane. Um, uh, we took off, I'm reading this book. Uh, got through it and, and you know, it, it's not the longest book to read, right? It, it was, I think we were still below 10,000 feet and I finished it. And um, <laughs> once we got up, I connected to the Wi-Fi and I uh, I copied a passage out of it. And I sent a screenshot to one of my reps, uh, Nick Lemont out in San Francisco. And I said, dude, this is awesome stuff. Uh, we should all buy this book uh, and read it because I really think it's going to help us get into a solution-oriented mind frame. We'll talk about this in a little in a, in a minute, but um, you know we were struggling with a very transactional mindset at the time, right? And really how to get out of the features and functions mentality. And so I was looking for a way to pound into their heads that nobody cares about your features and functions. And yeah. I, it's like in the first you know five pages, like there, I think it's bolded where it says <laughs> nobody cares about your product, and that's. Yeah. Uh, literally, I was like, okay, well, they need to see this. So I texted him the picture and he texted me right back and was like, oh, hey, no, I, like, I, I know Ryan, like, you know, I corresponded with him on LinkedIn, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's a really good guy. And we could probably just get a bunch of books uh, for the team. And so that was the first time that you and I had met. He connected us via email and you yeah. sent me maybe, you know, 25 books or something like that, that I distributed to the whole sales team. Uh, and um, became very, very popular um, at Intercom and in a lot of ways helped us go up market uh, and really drive home the change management aspect of it, right? Uh, change management is really, really hard. And there's a reason why they write books on it, you know, because it, it's just, it's, it's a whole process. And so I was fighting the battle of just getting them to accept the idea of positioning this as a problem solver versus just a cool toy with features, uh, with feature and function set. And this was just a way to like very clearly tell them like, no one cares about your product. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then it was really chapter three where uh, there was the most, at least to me, the most uh, actionable stuff as to how you scale that. So, mm -hmm. and it's probably, you know, a good transition. I can talk a little bit about why I love that um, chapter so much. And, and we talk about, you know, targeting companies and selling to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the reps out there, I would concentrate on that second piece, right, which is uh, selling to people. Um, the targeting companies piece, and you touch on this earlier, that's that's a that's a employer thing, right? In other words, the targeting, the segmentation, um, your your job should be good at, at that, right? Your company should be able to tell you these are the companies I want you to reach out to. Where where, where the rep bears the responsibility is in selling to people, right? Mm -hmm. And we teach a lot, you know, if you read Jeff Hoff, uh, Jeff Hoffman, John Barrows, you know, everything 
is around personalization, right? And so they look for like where you went to college or like if you have something on Twitter about golf or mountain biking or, you know, something else, right? You can tie to that. Um, But the way you scale it is by doing it by persona, right? In other words, um, depending on who you sell to, you've got maybe three or four archetypes of of positions that you sell to. They're going to have a a limited amount of things that they care about, right? And there's going to be some commonalities from company to company. And so the the first thing that you really have to do as a rep is, is build that out of you know what 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 is the archetype persona this is where you almost want to be like you know joseph campbell in in a lot of mythology right he talks about building archetypes this is this is the same thing we're building archetypes of our of our uh the people that we're selling to and so what that allows us to do is scale the personalization right because we're personalizing it for the for the position and then sending it off there's a little bit of assuming pain there. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, hoping that you land on the right thing, but you know, you're, you're, you're very targeted because you know what that persona cares about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, uh, just to give you like a, a tactical tip here, one of my favorite things to do throughout, um, uh, my time was bring in the people that we're selling to, to talk to us about how they buy right? Internally at your company. So if you're, um, if you're a company that sells to it, right? So pure storage sells to it. Um, one of the things that I would love to do is bring in the internal it department at pure storage to a team Mm -hmm. meeting and say, what tools do you use? Why did you buy those tools? What's what like prompted the evaluation? What spurred on the idea that you should use this? What was the problem that you were trying to solve? Um, what was the original email that got your attention? You know, that sort of thing. And really learning internally because at other companies, they're never going to want to totally open the kimono as to how they buy. But somebody yep. at your company will. And so, um, you know, doing that, I, I think, is really strong. Um, with that said... A lot of the persona stuff on LinkedIn, they talk about just selling on LinkedIn, but they're selling to a sales and marketing persona that live on LinkedIn. And so that's where their persona is directing their attention. And so this is a very Gary V kind of thing to say, but go where your persona is already directing their attention. You don't want to fight that battle of trying to pull them in somewhere else, right? It's like when you watch Shark Tank and one of the things that like Cuban always talks about is like, you don't want to make people change habits. You want to like fall into the habits that they already have. This is, this is the same thing, right? Um, Go where they're already directing their attention, not necessarily where uh, you think they should go. I'll give you a really good example um, of how this might work, right? So selling sales and marketing, something like Vidyard, where you have to click a link to get to the video, it works okay because they like that. There's no video in there. It's fine. But you can, it's very hard to sell that to IT because <laughs> IT is trained about not clicking phishing links, right? Yep. Like they're the cops when it yep. comes to that internally. And so it's hard to get them to click links in emails. And so you really got to know your persona mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and sell to how they want to be sold to. I would send text only emails to IT, right? Because that takes their guard down. They don't have to worry about all that stuff. The VP of sales is that's fine. They're going to click that link all day long. No worries. Yep. But like, you just want to want to keep all uh, of that stuff in mind too. Um, another yeah, like funny story here. Uh, uh, and then I'll, I promise I'll let you ask a question. Sorry. I know I'm kind of ranting, but no. um, you know uh, the, one of the stories um, 
that was often told around this was uh, when I was an early rep at Salesforce, um, up until recently, uh, their biggest customer for a long time was State Farm. And the uh, State Farm deal was sold out of the Chicago office right before I joined. And the account executive who closed that deal, State Farm was his only account, and he was on the account for two years. And rather than sell to them, he didn't call anyone at State Farm. He didn't try to sell anything to them. He actually went through the process of learning how to become a State Farm agent. Yeah. And he got certified. Like, he's a certified State Farm agent. And then he took the knowledge of where the agent could put time back in their day, you know, all the CRM uh, ROI. And then he sold it to him based on that because he understood the persona in the business. And then they landed a deal where unlike some of the other deals where like most of the big deals come from platform, you know, like pharma's puts their app on, on Heroku or I might've got that wrong. They put their app somewhere on, on Salesforce's um, uh, uh, thing so that, you know, that tends to be expensive, but with, with State Farm, it was a agent and deal, all of the end agents uh, with a login because that's what he understood, right? That was the persona. And so he, that was an extreme deep dive of getting to know the persona. Um, but it's always just a, a good example to like know what they're going through so that you can empathize with that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much value to unpack here. Uh, we might go a little bit longer here, Jeff, if you're okay on some of these sure. things because yep. it's it's so, so important, right? Um the first thing that comes out of this is is you know becoming becoming a, a problem solver, which is the big thing that attracted you in the first place. And so, you know, no one cares about your product. That's the number one lesson that we talked about earlier. But but what does that mean to the people? And so it's that same concept, right? No one cares about the features and functionality. You've got to understand how does it impact them, right? And that that use case right there is is incredible because. You're talking about someone who got so deep into becoming a uh, a person that is experiencing and pain himself to then you know create that solution. Many of us in sales don't have or don't believe we have the ability to do that. So, um, how do you how do you see the lights go on or the impact of when you bring in even just your internal persona, right? Can you tell a little bit more about maybe if someone was like, hey, that's a great idea. You, you, you mentioned some of the questions you asked, but how does someone go about maybe deploying that tactic? And then is there any specific lift you've seen or light bulbs go off? And at what point is that like an ongoing thing? How can someone take advantage of that? Because I think that's really that's like a, an incredible value add here. If someone can just mm-hmm. take that and run, you know, they're going to teach them. It teaches them to sell the evaluation and not necessarily like, and, and the problem and not like worrying about the product at all. Right. And this is, this is why I'm so like, um, I, well, this is why I think most companies have moved away from BANT qualification is because they realize that like timeline doesn't exist anywhere. Like no one says like, Hey, we're going to buy CRM on this day in 18 months. Yeah. Like, it's just not the way it works. Um, you know, you need to be providing value. And then when they're, when like a contract's up or something, you need to be top of mind so that one of these inquiries, whether it's via the phone or email, if you, if you touch them enough, right. Um, you'll be there when they're sort of almost like ready to buy kind of thing. Right. Or at least ready to start an evaluation. And it's your job to sell them on why they should evaluate. Right. And then you can steer that towards, your features and, you know, your benefit, right? Really at the end of the day. Um, 
But uh, what that that's what it teaches them is is that uh, you know internally they might say, yeah, we were weren't really looking for a replacement, um, but you know I got this three sentence email from some SDR. Uh, that referenced a podcast I did where I said this, and then it just got us talking, and we talked for twenty minutes. We weren't really talking about much about anything, but it, you know, after that, it's just like now an evaluation starts, right? And you're not selling anything; you're just talking to them about why they should look at it. And um, you know, with the way that every SaaS company now requires some term of some kind, and so. Um, there's always like contracts, other things, you know, that's the one thing that I would worry less about is the timeline mm-hmm. and more about just aligning to that person's project status, what they're doing, excuse me, on a daily basis, um, and how you can help them make their job better. Right. One of the things we learn from bringing people in like that is usually that, uh, they say, well, you know, I want to either look good to my boss. I've got a project coming up on this and this person is going to like take research time off my plate, stuff like that. Right. Um, it, it's become hokey to call uh, ourselves trusted advisors. We used to use that at Salesforce back in the day. And then now everyone uses it. But uh, it's it's true when if you strip away all the other uh, stuff like that, that's what you want to be. You want to build trust and you do that through speaking to the individual persona throughout the process, right? And then the other piece of that is selling through, uh, uh, you know, case studies, customer stories, and the benefits that other customers realize. So you can take some of the, you know, some of the uh, pressure off you, right? So, you know, in other words, the other thing we find out is it's very rarely a salesperson saying, you're going to get X benefit right? They don't believe you. You're a salesperson, right? The way that you, the way that you sell that is this company who's just like you and had the same problem. Once they implemented our solution, they got X benefit. Do you think you can do that too? Right? It's like a feel, felt, found thing. And, um, uh, that's, I think how, so if you do those two things together and you're building credibility and you're providing, you know, credible content, then you're, you're in a position when they're looking to evaluate it, to shape that. And so, that's, you know, the, the headline there is sell the evaluation, not the whole package, and then, you know, move into the selling everything when you need to, but just get an evaluation going first. That's the key. Yep. And by valuation, you're meaning just start a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, the timing piece, we talk about timing in the book and timing is important for when a decision's made, but the decision is made when the decision's made, which is a some point in the future, you've got to start that conversation now. And the more conversations or evaluations, whatever you want to call it, you start today, the the, the more sales you'll have in the future. It, it, it really is just a math game, which is a later chapter. But Jeff, thank you so much for hopping in here. I could talk to you for hours, man. We probably should do this more often uh, if you're open to it. Um, you know, if folks wanted to, to get in touch with you, uh, chat with you, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out if you're open to it? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, you know, uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of stuff there. Uh, messages are open. So uh, my first name is Jeff. My last name is Wartman, W-A-R-T-M-A-N. Go ahead and look me up there. Um, I tend to post uh, a lot of this kind of stuff on Twitter as well. 
Um, so you can find me there at Jeff Wartman. Um, but uh, I would say those are the, the two best places. Anyone that wants to reach out direct to talk more about this, just jeffwartman at gmail.com. It's very, very easy. Um, would love to chat with anybody about this stuff. So thanks for Fantastic. having me. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, thanks for bringing some knowledge here. Oh, a tremendous amount of value. Uh, have a great day, man. Thanks. Cheers.